Today's guest on the Our Health Matters podcast is communications professor and co-founder of Flourish, Allie Boyd. She will discuss soul care and its five principles, being well in community, and simple ways to practice soul care in the workplace. Let's start the show. Thank you for being my very first guest on the Our Health Matters podcast. Ah, It is such a pleasure, such an honor. Thank you for having me. So tell the listeners a little bit about your background. Okay. Um, well, my name is Allie Boyd. I am currently by day a professor of communication. So I teach um, anything from college courses in public speaking to, um, you know, private workshops with organizations. I'm also a co-founder for a nonprofit uh, by the name of Flourish. And it's a nonprofit that's dedicated to soul care, which uh, we'll talk about through, I'm sure, our conversation today. Um, And just for fun, I, you know, I love to roller skate. (laughs) I'm learning how to sing, play (laughs) piano, and uh, like spin. And maybe this summer I'll learn how to swim. I don't know. We'll see. That list keeps expanding. But um, that's kind of me in a nutshell. So what did you want to do when you went to college? Was there some uh, particular vocation or calling that ins- uh, inspires you to pursue communications or what led you into the communication education field? Oh, yeah. Um, I actually wanted to be a graphic designer for, I actually wanted to design magazines um, when I first started college. And so it's totally I don't want to say far off from communication because in a sense, design is a form of communication. Um, But I just, you know, back then I was very insecure about my design, about writing. And so, but I was really confident in connecting with people. And so kind of just naturally, I felt talented at communication and so I just pursued it as a major and it slowly evolved into a career passion and you know I met honestly an incredible mentor by the name of Dr. Michelle Foss Snowden she um, kind of set the example for what I could be and it really was from there seeing a black woman doing the job I do now um, you know and flawlessly I was like dang I can do that too so at that point I decided I wanted to teach as opposed to you know take maybe an HR route or you know maybe be on TV Um, I really thought education was where my heart was so that's how I ended up here but it definitely was a long journey and many turns and you know multiple paths and, and having to be um, decisive about where I'm really going. It's, it's been quite a journey getting here. So I'm, I still wear multiple hats. (laughs) But I think also too, is that's, I think that's the beauty of, of the journey because there's no, there's no set path because Mm -hmm. there's always, it's like, I think of it as a tree because there's so much, so many branches Mm -hmm. and they start to veer out as you go. So you may veer out a little bit, but there might be that part of the branch that takes you back to the to the trunk so it's so many layers and that's the beautiful part of life in the first place yeah yeah exactly so what was your first job after college (sighs) well I actually had two jobs um 
and well, let's see. Okay. So right now I'm counting after grad school, but if we go all the way back to my bachelor's degree, I actually all through college, I worked on campus. Um, and so a lot of the jobs I had after graduation were on campus or internships on campus. Um, I'll talk about like kind of my most recent one though. And that was as a program coordinator. So I did a lot of event planning, supervising and administrative kind of networking um, in higher education. And this was a lot of fun, but I also had my foot in the door for teaching still since I just wrapped up grad school and I was able to teach during grad school as well. So I wasn't sure which direction I wanted to take. Did I want to be in the administrative realm of higher ed? Did I want to become a professor? Um, and so right after graduating, I was really in both, <laughs> found myself in both until I made the decision to just uh, commit to teaching. And um, that's where I am now. Well, as you speak about that, I was thinking to myself, that's still part of the communication process, what you did as a program coordinator, because mm -hmm. you're networking you're you're uh, conveying that message Absolutely. to make to deliver a message that's going to be effective to to fulfill your goal so Absolutely. you can't escape it and i just think i actually think that communication uh should be offered when it's offered in schools that should be mandatory because okay. in order for us to convey our words efficiently and effectively we know, need to, to know how to communicate and if not if we're not taking a class maybe think about Toastmasters or other opportunities where you do public speaking. Yeah, absolutely. I think with communication, a lot of people think they're inherently good at it. And the truth is that that's not the case. <laughs> Everybody's not great at communicating. We all have shortcomings. And so being um, able to take uh, classes in communication, I think definitely could strengthen a lot of people's skills in ways that they may not have guessed. And the other thing that I wanted to mention um, regarding uh, my this program coordinator position relating to communication, ironically, I work directly with graphic designers in this in this job also. <laughs> and so I still was um, in, a, in a way doing like visual communication in addition to the, you know, organizational communication and figuring out how to get masks. Uh, mass messages <laughs> mass messages um, messages to the masses uh, in meaningful ways and in engaging ways so it was it was definitely applying my master's degree my bachelor's degree as well as talents and passions it was a really quite frankly it was stressful but look, looking back at it now it was a very lucrative time for me because there are a lot of people I, I find, um, that at least that I've, I've, I've interacted with, I found that they're either, they, they feel they don't have enough options, if that makes sense. They, they feel like they might not have enough options to take the path that will get them closest. I'm sorry. Let me find my words. Sometimes people will not feel like there are enough options for them to pursue the path that aligns with their purpose. And at that time for me, I didn't realize, but I literally had multiple options to pursue a path that was aligned with my purpose. And so um, anyway, it's, 
that was a really lucrative time is is really the, the gist of what I'm trying to get at here. And that, you know, maybe other people might look back at their transitional times where it feels stressful and, and see too that it was actually a time where option was right before them. That really changed my life, honestly, that time period. So what you're what you're doing now, uh, you seem to be enjoying it. It's um, fruitful for you. You're thriving. Mm. But what would you do if you weren't doing what you're doing now? What, mm. would, what would be an alternative for you to pursue? Um, life coaching. I would I would be life coaching. I would travel. I would be traveling to attend and facilitate different healing and meditation retreats and conferences around the world. I would love to speak as well as learn. And really just transform the way in which I can help people connect to their spiritual consciousness within them. That's really what I would be working on. Was there a turning point in your life and how did it affect you, whether it be positive or negatively, if if you're able to share that? Yeah, I, so coming back to when I was in this period of, you know, being, in two jobs and trying to figure out what career path do I really want to commit myself to. I also started a nonprofit flourish, right, which I mentioned earlier. And so I think a time that, you know, really changed the game for me was this moment in time where I had multiple opportunities, as I mentioned, to pursue this like grand idea I had for becoming healthy again. becoming well and being well in community with I in grad school I became very tired I became very burnt out my mental health was not at its best and so upon completing the program you know I have all this opportunity but my health and wellness isn't in this place to effectively capitalize on all of these different paths you know uh, to clearly make decisions about where I want to go next and so I thought it would be good to build a community that could help hold me and my friends accountable to being better to ourselves, to honoring our value, to really looking critically at how these different systems that we interact with, whether it be work, whether it be school, whether it be our families even, and friendships, um, there are different systems or scenarios where our blackness and our gender oftentimes uh, complicate our experience on this planet and, and, and quite frankly, threaten our quality of life. So um, I'm sorry. (laughs) I guess just really at this time, I, I feel like I'm getting off kind of off on a tangent, but it really was that this idea of being in multiple places or having multiple opportunities, but my mind and my spirit and my you know energy just not feeling clear enough to move in the way that I knew I needed to move, I, I started flourish. And so trying to wrap this up, I think it was coming into consciousness that my health was important to take serious. Like it was that moment I started to become an agent within my own life, an agent for change, you know, an agent that um, 
really saw again my value and started to invest in it and so yeah I, I would say this time really really changed the trajectory of, of where I would go and where you know where I plan to go next as well I think I what I heard you say being well in community that just sounds like the theme of this episode mm-hmm. being well in community having the clarity mm-hmm. um, using conscious being conscious and using conscious methods to improve your health and well-being mm-hmm. uh, because as women and as black women we're always have to be strong. We were raised to be strong. You know, we're resilient. We're survivors. We hear all these different um, monikers for our, uh, our being. And we never hear the part about take care of yourself yeah. or you need this. You, you might want to sit down. Why don't you take a load off your shoulders? Every, it seems like everything is reliant upon us. Oh, yeah. And so when we do have that time where, we want to express ourselves, whether it's uh, just saying, I can't do this anymore, or I'm being angry or being sad. It's we're looked upon as, oh, come on, you know, you're either you're, you're supposed to be that strong black woman or, oh, there she goes again, the angry black woman. Mm-hmm. So we're not um, allowed to have feelings, have thoughts. And I applaud you for founding flourish so that so you can get the word out about being well in community and offering resources mm-hmm. for women to be healthy whether it's mentally physically or spiritually or all of the above yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so so yeah. you you you're inspiring others to help you're inspiring others to focus about self care what are some of the uh, tools that you recommend for someone who is on the go and they're just in the fledgling stages of trying to pursue self-care? Hmm. Well, that's a good question. So I think I want to first talk about the fact that there are five values of soul care or of self-care. I want, like I, I want to kind of talk about a couple of definitions before I answer that. Um, Absolutely. Okay. And I might ask you to re- restate the question after just so that I can make sure I stay on track and connecting the- these. But, um, you know, first with Flourish, we've decided that as Black women, we need to really reclaim what self-care means to us. And so we, we shifted from using soul- self-care to soul care because for Black women, there's so many more layers that we have to consider, or I, I, don't, I don't even know if more is a fair word, but different layers that we have to consider and race is one of them. And so we've reclaimed the term by uh, using soul care. Soul care is the black woman's approach to, to self-care. And there are five values that it's rooted in. And this is, you know, based off of Dr. Paris Adkins Jackson's research Uh, the five values of self-care for Black women. These include first, deep work, which is a willingness to really go there and understand, you know, when you have symptoms of burnout or your mental health is, uh, condition is not where it normally operates. You're able to identify these symptoms. You're able to identify triggers. And uh, second, the second value, you'll be able to act and be empowered and have authority over 
what is happening in your life over your wellness. Um, the third value includes reconnection, which is, you know, you know, we've done the deep work, we're taking the steps. Now we have a desire to reconnect with the spiritual um, divine source of some some type. And this can take shape however an individual sees it, but it's essentially consciousness. It's coming into your con- your spiritual consciousness outside of the physical, um, you know, and <clears throat> really getting in touch with the spiritual. The fourth value includes exploration, which is, you know, going to experience different things that help take care of our wellness. And this can take shape in so many ways that exploration is such an, a broad value that anybody could participate in this at any time, which we'll, we'll come back to your question in just a moment. But the very last value is accountability. And this is being connected to again, a group of people who will recognize the value of your wellness as well and hold you accountable to honoring it. So what can people do, you know, on the fly or, you know, who don't necessarily have their whole whole lifestyles and committed to this sort of consciousness? Well, the last two values would be most practical. And that would be exploring some different uh, self-care activities for me it's this is meditation and I actually meditate and nap for you know 15 minutes a day roughly during my lunch break so this is one thing that people can do there are um, other practices such as when it's nice outside a walking meditation or you know putting your feet in the grass other practices that are mindful oriented but you would want to you I would recommend people explore and, and find something that is quick and best suited to, you know, their personality. And if they find that they're they're not necessarily the most disciplined with themselves, then definitely become part of some sort of community where people will hold you accountable to growing in whatever capacity you're you're hoping to to grow in. Yeah. I appreciate the uh all five values of soul care mm-hmm. and they're easy to do but the most important thing as you mentioned was recognize that support system who is backing you on this you have to be with a, a group of like-minded people who are mm-hmm. are cheering for you wanting you to succeed because yeah there is so there's so many things out there and at the time we're recording this it's around the holiday season and so there's a lot of people who are rushing and trying to do things that are maybe out of their reach, above their means, beyond their means. Yeah. And even uh, at work, you know, toward the end of the year, trying to wrap up different projects and trying to get on and go on vacation and just a whole, it's a, it's a whole lot in December. And, yeah. and I think yeah. that so instead of trying to have a, resolution if you will for the new year start now with these simple tasks 15 minutes Mm -hmm. of your time to just Mm -hmm. be present with yourself and just block everything out and just breathe and just be mindful Mm -hmm. and present and quiet does a world of good Mm -hmm. walking uh, right now is a little soggy out here where we we were at Mm -hmm. but walk the walking meditations where you're putting your feet in the grass and becoming one with the soil that is that is amazing it it, it really yeah, works yeah. and 
just to walk, just walking period, it gets your, you know, it gets your heart rate up and it allows you to breathe. And it's, it's no effort to walk. It's just something simple and free. Something simple and free. One other thing I I would note is that, you know, you can, you could think of it if people do, you know, exploration and accountability naturally they would hopefully be surrounded by people who would encourage them to do the deep work to be you know an authority in their life to reconnect with some sort of spirituality so you know these other these other three values are not less important than the two that you know we both talked about but um you know just making sure listeners understand that these all kind of go hand in hand and they're all equally important and like you said, very easy to do if you if you make the time um, and recognize your value in, in investing in that time. So. so when you when you you talked about before about being well in community, what mm-hmm. inspired you? I mean, I know that you had grad school and you were just you were starting to feel it personally. When was the aha moment of the epiphany when you said, you know what? I could actually do this, package this up and just help others to to do what I did if they're in a, a situation where they're burnt out or experience trauma or experience sadness or experience something detrimental. What, what, what was that aha moment for you? Well, the aha moment was when I started to realize I wasn't alone in in this experience of feeling burnt out. And I I think I never have gotten to a point where I felt like I've got it down. I get it now. Um, I wanted to be around other women, black women who felt the same way that they wanted to see some changes in their life, but that they were figuring it out as well. And so it really was once I noticed that this deficiency that black women have with respect to soul care is a universal problem it is it's a universal social issue it's a global problem black women around the globe have racial trauma to heal from they black women around the globe are taxed you know in spiritual physical mental emotional labor that you know leaves us universally drained there are generations of us who have experienced this as well and so when I realized that this is not just an alley experience but this is a my people experience it was really then I woke up and I and I was I realized we have to do this together it's not even a I or alleys and and even in creating flourish I did that alongside of you know five other incredible black women and so it's been a commu- an in-community sort of experience from start to now. And we're really ex- you know, excited to see kind of like, what does the future hold with respect to soul care and Black women as a community? But yeah, it was right when I realized that this isn't just me, but my fr- other Black friends in grad school, my, but my, my Black friends and family that are not in school, everybody was you know, struggling in some kind of way with their wellness. And I realize there's something has to be done. So with everything that you do, you are mindful to meditate and take a breath. So what takes, what makes you take a breath of relief as soon as you do it? How do you feel? Well, 
what makes me take a breath? First, I have to realize that I need to take one. <laughs> so um, that's, that's, that's one of the biggest steps. I have to realize that I am like, either overwhelmed, I'm fatigued, what insert, whatever, you know, blockage is, is constricting my ability to breathe. But when I recognize it, there are a few different approaches I take. Either I cry if it's a release that I need or laugh, depending on the type of release or hug if I need to receive. And I think the last technique I might use would be like a meditation nap where I usually listen to meditation frequency music. I just Google, not Google search, but YouTube search a few different um, sounds or channels and meditate for about 15 minutes because it's either I need to reset my energy. Like I said, I need to receive some positive energy or I need to release some, some really heavy negative energy. So, but it's being aware of what does your energy require, you know, to, to make that decision for myself. So what creates a sense of space in your life? You know, a place where you have room to breathe or think or just be. Hmm. I would say journaling or singing. I, you know, I feel many emotions in a day and I really like to write. As I mentioned before, I didn't have a whole lot of uh, self-esteem around my writing as a younger girl, but as I've come of age, I've come to appreciate my ability to write about how I feel and it is a release. It's no boundaries other than pages and the pages are unlimited. So, you know, there's, there's free space for me to say, to think, to believe, you know, to, to do whatever's necessary for myself in the space I've created just in a little booklet or space where I'm writing. And the same can be said for singing, except it's really releasing them in the physical form, not just by way of um, releasing my thoughts, but with singing, it's like you're feeling the emotion of a song and of the lyrics. And so there's a way of kind of engaging with the release of, of, of emotion and creating space that way. So between journaling and singing, I think those would be the two that create, create space for me unapologetically. So do you have classes all day or do you teach a certain amount of classes on certain days? I, gen I generally have classes all day. So what activities boost your energy or increase your focus during your work day? So definitely a meditation nap. Like, it, like I think I've mentioned that a few times. That is my favorite, <laughs> my favorite, favorite strategy. It literally only takes, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 if you have it, 30 if you want, you know, and then... I also have to eat throughout the whole day. I'm not always great about this, but if I eat through the day, I bring snacks, I bring a lunch, I have at least tea and fruit for breakfast, you know, just something. I find that having sustenance in my body really makes a difference in the energy for me to keep going with all that I have to do in the day. So what makes you feel more relaxed and centered Hmm. What makes me feel more relaxed and centered? <sighs> Days when I don't have to do 
anything for anybody but myself. How often is that? (laughs) (laughs) What is that? (laughs) What is that? (laughs) We're still figuring that out as black women. Wow. Yeah. I mean, how often is that? I don't make it frequent enough because I'm in full control of how often that, that, that ratio is. And honestly, not often, not often enough. Let's see if I had to put it into numbers at least twice a week. Okay. But we're working to improve that to every day. That's good. Always. I mean, keep the, keep the goal in mind. I mean, it's, if you don't achieve it, you, you don't have to be hard on yourself or anything. It just happens. But, yeah. you know, maybe take time during the weekend to just maybe plot out something like this is my, this is my week. I'm actually going to say no yeah. and just do this at this time. Yeah. Yeah. Saying no could be a great skill. <laughs> Do you have any personal heroes whose shoulders do you stand on? Uh, the black women who raised me, you know, whether it be blood, through family, it be through my mentors, through my friends, all of the black women who have helped me to become, you know, the black woman I am today. I think that that would be those. That's who, who I who I would say, and God, and you know, Nina Simone. <laughs> yes always have to have some nina on always yeah. have to have some nina on yeah yeah she always says what she she says what she says you know have you ever saw the documentary i have that's yeah. amazing it's just amazing it's yeah she yeah yeah so but that i would say that that, that would that'd be my list <laughs> so for more about self-care where should our listeners visit or, or how can they get a hold of you or do you have anything that's upcoming that would be of interest to the listeners? Yeah, I have, I have a few suggestions. I, well, first they can find me on Instagram at hello, Allie Boyd, H E L L O A L L I E B O Y D. And uh, that's if they want to just keep up with me and you know how I evolve into one day a life coach, a spiritual life coach. But between then and now, I highly recommend following Flourish on Instagram. We are Flourish Sack, Flourish and SAC at the you know second half of that. Also, a, a recent project I've been working on is with Naturals Night Out in Sacramento. And you know, if people are looking for community, I mean these these Instagrams are great places to start. It's uh, if you would like to find them on Instagram, it's naturalsnightout.co. And they are putting together, well, actually today, this evening, a series of speakers on natural hair for Black women. And they, you know, put together a series of other social events for Black women. And so this is a great a great starting place if people are looking for community. I've loved all of the events I've done. They've done a karaoke night once twice actually now and they're looking to do so much more in 2020 so definitely keeping an eye out for naturals night out uh stay connected to flourish there's uh, honestly if you know listeners are reaching the bay area there's another organization called tribe life t-r-y-b-l-y-f-e 
uh, where it's focused on, you know, black women's success. And, you know, there, there's so many different platforms out there where people can find community and get connected to self-care. But I, I would, I would list those as the first two, actually one more, <laughs> not to overwhelm listeners, but you know, as black women, it's important for us to know all of our resources because, you know, how many truly exist for us. So the last one I would, I would mention is Nala Essentials and it is a self-care store, online store where uh, black women can find all sorts of high quality soul care related, you know, skin products and other, other materials and goods of the like. So Nala Essentials, N-A-L-A Essentials, is also a great uh, platform to get connected to. Well, Professor Allie Boyd, <laughs> CEO of Flourish, thank <laughs> you so much, and co-founder of Flourish. Thank <laughs> you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on our podcast. Wow, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm.